Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. So, Dean, if I say the word continuum to you, what comes to mind? <laughs> continuum. Continuum. Why are you coming at me with like, like a five-star <laughs> word right out of the gate? Continuum. Like the space-time continuum? Right? Yes. Or Let's the, go Einstein. The, the Q guy. continuum from Star Trek, if Ooh, you're familiar with that. No, I'm not. Okay, yeah. well, that's, yeah. that's my nerdy stuff. But since out. I've been in this world, meaning Blue Star's world, it, yeah, it, yeah. it has a healthcare connotation. There you me. go. Healthcare that's, continuum. We're yes. going to talk about a care continuum. Yeah. Yes, today. there it is. Uh, it's a big part of our conversation. We're talking mm -hmm. about virtual healthcare as a service. Ah, so the idea of virtual healthcare, maybe a little bit more than what most people think of with mm -hmm, virtual mm -hmm. health. Mm -hmm. uh, we got Kevin Leal from uh, V1 joining us today. Yep, he's good. We're going to talk about what a continuum is, a continuum of care. Got it. How it goes beyond basic telehealth. The, you know, just a video visit with your doctors that most people probably think of. Yeah. We're going to get into how uh, it impacts rural health. Mm -hmm. Rural health is where there can be a real benefit oh, yes. from this kind of service. Very much so. We'll talk about remote patient monitoring. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about V1's platform, how they help out. Uh, and of course, as always, can we start our throwing usual... out acronyms, by the way. RPM for sure. remote yes. patient monitoring. You can do that. Oh, okay. we, but we probably should explain those acronyms. Yes, yes, too. we should. Yes, but yes, if you want to feel like you know something. On the healthcare side, <laughs> sure. I just want to flex. <laughs> Throw out the acronyms. Whatever you need to do to feel better, Dean. <laughs> All that plus our usual value to the VAR and what's tech connected with us. It's time to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. As I mentioned, our guest today is Kevin Leal. He is the Director of Global Alliances and Partnerships for V1. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about thank yourself, you. your background in, in healthcare in this industry, and, and what do you do day to day? Uh, yeah, so a bit about my background. I've been focused on the healthcare market, um, really launching and, and selling solutions into healthcare for probably more than 15 years at this point. I don't, I don't want to date myself. Uh, but I've worked for uh, hardware manufacturers. I've worked for software developers. I've worked in the reseller channel, really all of the above. So I've got a, a pretty good knowledge of you know how solutions go to market and how resellers can take advantage of those solutions and and bring those to their their healthcare customers. Uh, for one, uh, as you mentioned, I'm I'm a director of alliances and partnerships. Uh, what that basically means is I own uh, all of our partnerships, both on uh, the solution side, so if we're partnering with some technology company for our solution, uh, but more importantly, uh, I focus on building out our channel partnerships, right? Uh, companies uh, like Blue Star uh, and, and Blue Star resellers who, who, who would be able to take these solutions and sell these solutions to their customers, so. There you go. That's the guy that with the connections. I was going to say that he's got the connections. He's got the background. Yep. He knows a little bit about every part of the channel yep. there. Yep. That's, so that's our ideal guest, isn't it? the value of the VAR, right? There's, yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You should know it a little bit a little bit of value there. 100%. All right. Well, hey, let's get into this then, this idea of virtual healthcare as a service. Mm. Uh, we talk about a lot of SaaS stuff on this show. Yeah, this as is a, a good one, stuff, right? This is a good yeah. one because uh -huh. this is not uh, – people don't think of this, about this in the healthcare space, I think, quite this way. Mm -hmm. So, again, when most people talk about or think about telehealth – 
they're probably the context is probably the video visits. Yep. Um, maybe some very basic, you know, connectivity, like, you know, scheduling appointments and whatnot, reaching mm-hmm. out to your doctor, the stuff that we all kind of mm-hmm. learned how to do, especially over the last couple of years or so. Mm-hmm. And, and it's more, a little more prevalent than it used to be. So it's the simple stuff there, but that's just one facet of this whole idea of a virtual care continuum. So help us explain a little bit more about that and why we need to help medical providers think beyond their current digital offerings and this basic stuff. Yeah. I mean, as you might imagine, uh, during COVID, you know, every healthcare organization really quickly launched uh, telemedicine for more outpatient visits, right? They didn't want uh, patients coming into facilities, um, you know, for isolation purposes and all that. Um, and so, you know, really everyone has those solutions today. When we talk about the continuum of care and what V1 provides, um, what we're really talking about are all the different ways that patients and providers can interact throughout that continuum of care. It could be in a in that outpatient setting where a patient wants to stay at home but but connect virtually with a care provider. Uh, but it could also mean um, uh, when patients are in inpatient facilities like hospitals or, or so forth. Um, and how how do they uh, how do they get connected to their care providers and really providing a way to do that virtually or provide kind of hybrid care models where that could be an in-person visit where a, a provider would come to the patient bedside, but it could be a remote provider where you're using technology to connect that remote provider into the patient at the bedside. And then as patients go from from inpatient to more of long-term care or skilled nursing, maybe a rehab facility, um, how do we connect them to the care providers, their case managers, et cetera, that are following up on them and see how they're doing. Um, how are we connecting to patients once they go home, right? All of those uh, connection points are part of that continuum of care. And what V1 has done is we built a single platform for that entire continuum of care that really connects the patient and the provider no matter where that patient is in that patient journey. So when you're talking there, Kevin, you're, you're talking like specialists, right? I mean, I'm imagining a world like if somebody goes in for inpatient care, there's a specialist that comes in to provide whatever uh, service. Uh, they're maybe not normally a part of the team, but now they can connect in, right? So you're, that's yep. part of the continuum of care that you're kind of painting a picture of that maybe that person's across the town or, you know, they, and yep. they came in for the procedure or whatever, but we're, we're still trying to keep those people connected as a part of the group, correct? Uh, absolutely. That's a big part of inpatient telemedicine is being able to take advantage of a limited supply of specialist doctors right, um, that need to support a, a larger group of patients. Uh, it's just the nature of where healthcare is today. If you've read the news lately, there's nursing shortages, there's specialist shortages, there's primary care doctor shortages, right? Um, it's going to force a complete change in our care model uh, where all interactions can't be face-to-face anymore, right? There has to be some kind of a hybrid of face-to-face and virtual care to support 
that many patients needing care. Yeah. And I think one of the drivers, let me ask you this question. Is it is it true that one of the drivers is cost? We ran a, a survey, or at least we, we did an ebook uh, in conjunction with V1. Mm-hmm. And there were some good statistics mm-hmm. in there. It was more around remote patient monitoring. But, you know, there's a significant cost savings when you get into some of these virtual cares, right? right. Whether it's, you know, a per procedure cost savings or whether it's reduction in how long they're in the hospital or yep. how long they're in a care environment, shall I say, that is a high-priced care environment. So, Kevin, would you agree? I mean, the cost of what you can get, the cost savings that you can get through some of this virtual care uh, is helping to pour gasoline on it, I guess, (laughs) in in the fact that it's bringing efficiencies? Yes. Yeah, there's certainly much more efficiency with virtual care. Uh, As you might imagine, uh, in the case of specialists, right, the specialists don't have to travel around and, and try to, you know, uh, be in front of the patients, right? They, they can do what we call virtual rounding now, right? Where they could be in their home or in their clinic or wherever it may be. Um, and they can see patients uh, and, you know, really any, anywhere they are. Um, also, the, the, the idea of um, uh, uh, cost savings, uh, there, there's, there's a lot to that, right? Certainly CMS, of Centers for Medicaid Medicare Services, um, they've loosened during the pandemic. They've loosened a lot of the, the billing codes around telemedicine that allows these organizations to now bill for a lot of these services, and that's good, right? They, they like to collect money because they need to. Uh, but also, um, they're 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 learning there's other value that kind of plays into the ROI for the for these programs um, that's really significant. Um, in terms of really quality of care and how that herp, uh, helps them with reimbursement rates and things like that. So there, there's a lot to ROI um, and there's a lot more studies now since, since we had COVID uh, that are really telling us of the positive impact of virtual care in, 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 our, uh, in our healthcare today. Nice. So, yeah. and, and one of those other positive impacts would be on the patient side, right? Yep, let's let's definitely. not forget about us, the patients. In <laughs> uh, a part of that survey, 95% uh, of folks were satisfied with telehealth mm-hmm. quality. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, now we have, we're kind of pivoting, as Kevin just mentioned, it seems like, you know, we're pe- pivoting towards these virtual care environments. But part of the reason why that's happening is that people are okay with it. Right. You know, they actually don't mind having yeah. a, a telehealth <laughs> conference for a lot of these, uh, you know, things that you would normally have to drive in, very disruptive in your day, yep. very, ang- you know, raises anxieties going in to see the doctor. Or if you just feel bad and you don't want to go anywhere, you know, right? you don't want to get yeah. in your car and have to go to the doctor, <laughs> sit in the waiting room, wait to go right. back, sit, you know, you just want to feel better. And if you could just have a call, have a conversation, get some medicine prescribed, and go feel, you know, just stay resting and feel better. That's that's yeah. the whole idea. That's, so Kevin, I would think that's what they want too. You know? Yeah. So Kevin, we're seeing positive impact on the patient side too, yep. as well, which has a positive impact maybe on on reimbursements and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. the The other thing that's happening today is, is um, you know, most healthcare organizations have implemented some kind of outpatient telemedicine program, right? Something. Um, and that's fine, but, but most of those solutions and programs have been focused on the actual interaction between the provider and the patient together. But what about um, what about the patient experience leading up to that visit? What about the the um, patient experience after that visit? How does follow up happen? Right. So we can't forget the workflows and making it as easy as possible for uh, uh, patients 
to actually get to those to those virtual visits. And that that's something that we've been really focusing on at V1 is how do we make it super easy for the patient? Literally, it's a single link. You click on the link and you're joined to the visit. Some of these other solutions require you to download a web app and do this and do that. As you might imagine, some patients are just are just not there, right? They can't do that kind of stuff. So yeah, you got to be able to match that convenience factor there, you what, know, for some folks too. hundred oh, percent. And and everything that we're talking about here really is solidifying in my mind that virtual care continuum. Yep. Right. Exactly. It's not just one off uh, on a particular procedure or whatever or uh, a telehealth visit. Uh, it's it's the continuum. Right. It's it's right. pre. It's during and it's post. Yep. And it's it's even more than that, probably, right? It's 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 ongoing type right, of thing that right. we're talking about as well. Yeah. yeah. So well let's get let's talk a little bit more of some of these statistics here because again, when we did this marketing campaign with you guys and and as I was putting together stuff for the ebook and, and looking at all the stats out there, I was mm. fascinated by because this was one of those topics I didn't know a lot about to be, mm. to begin with either. Mm-hmm. So as I did the research, I, I found some interesting stats about how this can benefit again beyond just the standard telehealth protocols that we think of, the outpatient video visit stuff. So I want to get into a few here, especially as related to specialized care. So Mm. one of the things, a a large Florida healthcare system showed that telehealth implementation reduced ICU mortality from 10.7% to 8.6%. Which wow. I, you may not think that's a big number, but when you're talking oh, mortality, no, mortality that's <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> that could be a few thousand people, and that's always a good thing if you can save a few thousand lives. Good Plus, Lord, you know, yeah. we all know, you know, and this is one of those things that I, you know, I, whenever I talk to anyone who works in healthcare, they struggle with the idea of you know patients that don't keep up with their health care. Mm. So you may see somebody, maybe you diagnose them with some kind of a chronic condition mm-hmm. or an ongoing condition, and really. To, to live longer and to manage it, all they need to do is keep up with their, their visits, keep up with their medication. Right. And that can be where so many people fall off and suddenly you have higher hospital readmissions. You have all this kind of stuff happening that is, you know, that these patients are getting harmed or, you know, potentially dying down the road mm. because they're simply not keeping up with their health care. Yeah. And if this is one more way you can get people to keep up, why not? Mm-hmm. So a couple other stats that popped out to me, uh, a 53% reduction in ambulance transports to urban emergency departments after implementing telehealth emergency services. Huh. That's huge. Uh, and then one that really stood out, the American Hospital Association estimates about 20% of Americans live in rural areas without easy access to primary care or specialist services. Hmm. According to the Census Bureau, only 12% of primary care and 8% of subspecialists practice in these rural areas. So yeah, see, right? Y- you mentioned earlier this idea that we're talking about, it's not just the, you know, your standard doctor, you know, right. your, your, yes. your physician you've been seeing for yes. a decade or more. Right. We're talking about specialists, yep. you know, maybe a cancer specialist, some kind of specialist mm-hmm. that you normally you, you see for certain reasons and is not someone who's just available locally to, I mean, you might have a local hospital, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they have all the people that you need there. That's right. So help right. us out with this, Kevin, here. How does, yep. you know, in, in creating this continuum of virtual care, how does it close that gap for those rural patients to make sure that they're not getting left behind and those numbers are improving the way we see here? Yeah, a perfect example of this is critical access hospitals. So critical access hospitals are is a special designation of hospital. They can have up to 25 beds, um, but they're in, as you might imagine, rural areas, right? So uh, you're not going to find a lot of neurologists and cardiologists and pulmonologists, et cetera, even behavioral health workers in, in these rural areas. It's really hard to find them. So these, these critical access hospitals uh, either have to do one of two things. They either have to transfer patients out when, when that patient needs specialist care to an urban hospital. And that takes that patient away from their family, away from their community, right? Or their support 
right? It, 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 they're now they're now distant, right? So the other thing they could do is implement a telemedicine solution um, and contract for these specialists. V1 offers these specialists as well, um, so that the, we can make available to these small rural hospitals, you know, cardiologists, pulmonologists, infectious disease doctors, what, you know, behavioral health workers, whatever it may be, to keep these patients in their local hospital with their family. Um, and it's and, and there's just huge ROI, right? I mean, these small hospitals can now continue to bill for providing care to these patients, and that's that's what's keeping the lights on for these small small community hospitals, right? They they need that revenue to, to keep keep the keep the doors open for sure. Twenty percent of Americans live in rural rural areas. That's a lot, yeah, right. I mean, that's a huge part of the population that underserved on the specialty and things of that nature. So. Seems you know well, and it's probably going to keep it. growing because we after I think we went through this period of kind of contracting where people kind of went back to cities yes, again. Right and now, you're starting to see it go the opposite yep. way again, where people are starting to expand back. Absolutely, out. yeah. So I, I can I work from anywhere. Gonna, yeah, exactly. I can work from a farm field in Iowa. So that number's going to grow, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, community health centers are another perfect example of that. There's there's community health centers focused on on urban areas, but there's community health centers focused on rural areas as well. Same thing, right? There's a shortage of primary care doctors, right? Um, and there's not, especially in rural areas. Um, so, you know, being able to get access to primary care doctors and other care providers, uh, primary care providers uh, for these uh, rural clinics is, is huge for the patient population that lives there. Really doing a lot of good. You oh, know, yeah, I, mean, I don't know how else we would expand this service without doing it in a virtual type of environment, right? right this right. is definitely one of the positive areas where technology is going to have a positive impact yep. by servicing those communities. Yeah, and, and and again, helping families feel more comfortable about their loved ones being in Absolutely. some of these you know these critical access places, especially. Mm -hmm. I, I, my wife has in-laws and family, extended family, that live in rural parts of Tennessee, mm -hmm. and they're always terrified when one of them has to go to a one of the local hospitals. They yep. just don't have the kind of resources that you yep. have in an area like this or around a big city, and you know, it's, it'd be nice to know that there's, you know, they can feel a little more comfortable about that. That Hey, you know, yes, our loved one's in a place that is, you know, doesn't have quite the same resources, but they have ways to get those resources to them, mm -hmm. even if it doesn't mean someone has to trek their way, you know, a couple hours from another That's hospital right. to come there all the That's time. That's right. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into, as Dean, you mentioned an acronym up front here. Yes. RPM. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Or remote patient monitoring. Uh, it's a popular topic in healthcare lately. Uh -huh. um, again, especially coming through this whole pandemic, this mm -hmm. idea of not having to bring patients in to facilities to be seen where they can be exposed to COVID or anything else, frankly, for that matter. So tell us a little bit more about what RPM entails and why are the benefits of this so significant? Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned it earlier, right? That we have, uh, unfortunately, um, we don't have the healthiest of nations, right? So we have a lot of patients that have chronic conditions. Um, and a way to support those patients is to send home a kit uh, to them, right, with, with some monitoring devices so that we can understand from a day-to-day, hour-to-hour perspective, kind of what's happening physiologically with their body, right? And we can kind of measure that and monitor that and alert on that. Um, all of that's been around for, for actually quite a while. There's a lot of solutions out there that, that, that do that part. The, the hard part, I think, is making that data that you're producing actionable, right? And creating workflows where we can um, uh, uh, take an alert, let's say, and a case manager sees an alert for a patient, and they can actually take action by clicking on a link and then, and then connecting with that patient virtually 
and ask him, hey, how's your day going? I'm seeing some unusual data, right? Uh, tell me what's happening with you, right? Did you get any sleep last night? Whatever it may be. Um, and then being able to bring in other care providers, maybe their primary care provider, uh, their family members, right? You know, bringing in quickly their family members into a consult to say, hey, what's going on with grandma, right? Um, and all of that, I think, is a way to really do effective population management. And that's what organizations, these, these hospital systems, healthcare providers are responsible for these days, this move to population health management. They're responsible for the, the population they serve. It's not just about, um, uh, you know, when patients come into your facility, I'm responsible. No, you're responsible for their health when they go home. So this RPM stuff is really important. Um, and it's important to really have a solution that can be actionable, I think. So let's let's let me ask a couple questions around the actual like the kits that you are referring to. Yep. What is what are you seeing in the marketplace as the acceptance rate of that? Meaning the technology is there, right? I mean, we've got the oh, yeah. technology that the patient can be at home, but they still have to quote unquote hook themselves up to certain devices yep. and things of that nature. What have you seen in the marketplace? Is it fifty percent of people do that? Is it a lower percentage? And we just need people to understand that, you know, that it's better or what what are some what's what's some thoughts there? Yep. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't know the exact percentages, but but there there is a um uh there is an issue with uh having patients continue on the program, right? Um, and continue to use the devices and remember to use the devices and particularly with an elderly population, right? Do they have the technical ability to, to use the devices properly? Um, and I think um, the important thing here is to really provide kind of a care team around that, uh, that patient with their family so that they have the support and the help uh, to kind of keep them in the program and, and make sure they're using the devices correctly. Of course, V1 has a team that, that supports these patients as well, but it's always good to have family members there to support them and make sure that their, their family member is, is doing what they need to do. They're taking, you know, they're taking their meds or using their devices properly, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Getting the family involved. I thought you were going to go down like a robotics angle, like, oh no, we're developing the robot that's going to be at home, and it's going to drones going to come over. It's and just going to keep medicine. following grandma around until she takes her medicine. You know, you need to take your medicine. You need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there there is technology for that. There's technology for that. There there's there's um, there, there's there's pill boxes, right? Um, that are electronic pill boxes, Bluetooth pill boxes that will. That will that will tell you when when to take your medicine and and if you take if you took your medicine all that kind of stuff. So you know, once again, I love the family angle here and yes. the idea of right. of being able to tap into someone. And again, I'm thinking of like, let's say you have a family member at a distance from you, someone that you know they live in another part of the country or another mm -hmm. state from you, mm -hmm. and you know, in in times of crisis or medical emergency, you know, with an older family member or something, mm -hmm. you might have to have someone in the family that has to like leave their job for a few right. months or right. something, you know. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or, or move entirely or make different arrangements so they can keep up with them. But, you know, if, if you're able to say, hey, you can stay where you are, keep your daily life with minimal interruption, we'll just be able to tap you in a little more often to help out with, you know, with, with questions, with, you know, decision making, mm -hmm. with, you know, as you pointed out, like, hey, we're noticing some stuff's going wrong here. Can you reach out and ask some questions and make sure they're staying on top of this? I mean, I think for my mom, even though, you know, she's not in any kind of assisted living or anything yet. 
you know, I'm already at a point where I pretty much manage her, you know, her charting, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I, I tap into her EHR or whatever, you know, and look through all of her chart stuff or whatever, what she's been doing with the doctor in order to make sure that <laughs> she's on top of appointments, mm-hmm, you know, medications, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's nice to uh, nice to have that option to do that. And again, I would love to if, you know, if something else were to happen, to be able to have that more connectivity to stay connected to what's happening at all times. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I think it's hugely important to have the family members part of the care team with, with the care provider, right? To how, how many times have you uh, had a relatively, say an elderly patient uh, where they go to, you know, maybe a, a sibling takes them to an appointment and comes back and everyone's asked, so what did the doctor say, right? So you're, at, you're asking the patient to, to kind of remember everything the doctor said. Well, why not have a family member participate with the care provider so they all hear the same thing, right? Yep. So, agreed. Hugely important. Hugely important. Absolutely. I mean, how many times have you come back from the doctor, you know, after and, and you don't remember all right, the information. Yeah. Oh, it happens all the time. But there is a, another statistic. I mean, it, it, that came out in in the study that you cited in in this marketing thing, uh, mar- the ebook that you created. When the University of Virginia Center for Telehealth reported hospital readmissions decreased by forty percent through just by using remote patient monitoring programs. Hopefully, they had programs that involved the family and stuff right. like. That, right. but man, that's a huge benefit, right? Forty percent less readmins. That yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's like Nirvana for a hospital. I know everyone, to, right? I yeah. say I know everyone thinks like all oh, the hospitals want to get as many people as possible to spend as much money as possible and rack it up. But but there's a lot to de-incentivize them from readmissions. That Correct. That's not helpful. Like, sure, they get what they get out of you when you come in to begin with, but there's a failure level that they've mm-hmm. achieved if they're doing something that you either you get sepsis or yep. for some reason you have to be re- you know, admitted again. Yep. That's seen as a failure on their part. That yep. doesn't look good. So they, That's correct. Yeah. They don't want that to happen. They right. want to take care of you one and done and, and mm-hmm. get you back to your health. Not to mention, you know, word of mouth. You know, if you <laughs> tell somebody like, well, I went to the hospital, they did this thing, and I had to go back, you know, three months later because they, something went wrong. They'd done something wrong. They left a sponge in me. I don't know. You know, yeah, like right. who knows what kind of stuff, you know, yeah. like, so you don't want that to happen either. No, so. no, for sure. All right. Well, hey, Kevin, let's um, let's you've you've already referenced V one quite a few times here, and kind of what you guys do, and some of the the, the little bits and pieces of things you have mm-hmm, to help out here. Mm-hmm. But let's let's bring it all together. Give us a little rundown of the V one Health platform. You know, this whole idea of the care continuum, how you guys fit into it, and how you help address these topics we've discussed already. Absolutely. So, so the our platform was really built by doctors uh, to be as easy to use as possible and to be kind of a single pane of glass that the patient and the provider use no matter what the use case scenario, no matter where they are in that continuum of care, right? So that's that's definitely unique about our platform that's different from our competition, right? Is it's a, it's a common single platform, not, you know, acquisitions bolted on. Um, it's all one interface for the patient, one interface for the doctor, um, and around all that continuum care, that that patient could be at home, that patient could be in a clinic, that patient could be admitted to an inpatient facility. It's all the same interface, and it was built really to customize those workflows for the clinicians. Because what we've noticed is that uh, every single health system you might go into, their workflows are going to be s- slightly different, right? So we have a very customizable workflow around how the provider, how the patient get to that virtual visit. And then you also have resources that you can draw on as well, like with your V, I'm sorry, your Vigo 360 and things of that nature. It's really kind of a holistic solution, which is really kind of cool. 
so Kevin, talk to us a little bit about the reseller community and how you work in the channel. If you could just address that a little bit, because we've got resellers listening to this. Some may be in healthcare, some maybe not, but you know, a lot of them do serve rural areas and, and maybe they want to approach some of the facilities in their area with this yep. type of solution. You guys work with resellers, correct? Absolutely work with resellers. That's, that's my job. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. So uh, yeah, so I mean, there's a huge opportunity for resellers here. Um, what I will say is this, if you're asking really basic questions like, hey, do you guys already have remote patient monitoring? The answer is going to be yes. Or if you guys already use telemedicine, the answer is going to be yes. That doesn't, that shouldn't stop a reseller from digging deeper. All, all we really need from a reseller is to start a conversation and bring us in. Let's, let's set up a, just a discovery meeting with your customer asking them about, so where they are, where are they in their virtual care journey, right? Tell us about what you guys did in COVID. What worked, what didn't work? What do the clinicians think? Um, it's just working for the patients, right? Um, what use cases have you rolled out? There's a zillion use cases for this stuff. And I guarantee you, no one's rolled out them all, right? So there's all kinds of opportunity for a reseller to sell telemedicine solutions into organizations that already have telemedicine solutions. The other thing I will say is that there is, uh, especially during COVID, um, a lot of organizations rolled out a number of different types of solutions. And some organizations may have multiple solutions in different parts of their organization. What we're seeing now is a desire by the uh, clinicians to you know, create a, a single platform for this stuff, right? So they don't have to use multiple tools depending on where that patient may be or, or the workflow they may be trying to execute. So they're trying to change from going from three systems down to one, or they're having their contracts are coming up for, for renewal and they're looking for alternatives that are maybe less expensive. Or they, uh, the IT team doesn't wanna buy, uh, you know, uh, custom you know, telemedicine hardware carts uh, and rent those from a solution company. They want to they want to drive these solutions based on standard IT equipment. All of those things are opportunities. All of those things that we can help with, and we have our own sales force that works with the channel that we can help you every step of the way, from how to how to run a discovery call, how to prospect, how to market, um, how to uh, develop a proposal, all that stuff. And and by the way, everything is available through Blue Star. Everything's been skewed up available through Blue Star. Really good where you were going there. I can just imagine, you know, when the pandemic first hit, you've got all these health organizations that just went scramble headlong mm -hmm. to get they to to get yep. all these things, yep. telehealth and all these things. Imagine these Frankenstein systems yep. now that are out there, right? You've got yep. something over here, something over there. Uh, I think your point is really valid there, obviously, Kevin. And, and how can you bring that together? Well, I mean, a solution like V1 really is a great answer for yep. that, that yep. you can walk in yep. with that holistic solution that's going to take that Frankenstein system that they have today and bring it into a manageable, I love the one pane of glass, I'm going to use that, yeah. uh, you know, uh, type of solution that it, obviously everybody's looking for, right? Yep. I mean, that's yep. our world today. Nurses don't want to yep. use something where they got, you know, five different devices here and eight different things to log on there. They they want simplicity. Yeah. So do the physicians. So uh, it, yep. it's a really great solution on that end. Yeah. And I can I give you a great example of this. So we have uh, we're working with a a hospital system. There, are, I think it's eleven hospitals in Washington State. And uh, upon discovery, they they thought they had six different telemedicine systems 
deployed across their 13 hospitals. Uh, upon further further investigation, they have 11, right? 11 different systems, right? So they have they have two different solutions in different hospitals for the ER. They have a, a couple different solutions in the, in their ICUs. They have a different solution in their outpatient clinics, right? I mean, just imagine, right? And so what they're trying to do now is they're trying to develop a, a, a strategy where they can consolidate and you know choose the right tool and and deploy that and then and make it easy for the clinicians, make it easy for the patients. The you know these workflows, these UIs are all common, so that's what they're trying to do. Brilliant. I can Love just, it. I mean, I knew, you know, it's happening out oh, yeah. there and there's the opportunity. And I think that V1, what Kevin just mentioned, uh, maybe a little bit, um, we could expand on that a little bit. They do have the support, the support structure right. in place to help resellers understand what's going in so right. that they can get the message down, have the talk track, get the meaningful conversation going. Oh, by the way, when it starts getting to a point where they need to pull in the V1 uh, specialist, not a problem. They have right, that, right. that ability to bring them in, bring them in the conversation. Yep. Uh, at the end of the road, what you're trying to do is get the sale. If you're a good old trusty, dusty hardware reseller, that's cool too, because they'll be consuming tablets, ruggedized tablets, ruggedized mobile computers, mm -hmm. things of that nature, or carts. They, they even got the V cart uh, uh, over at V1 where they can, you know, they have a cart solution. So there's so much more there. You just need to yep. have the conversation. The opportunity is definitely there. there yeah, right I, I completely agree. And again, I, I can't speak highly enough of as someone who's, who's able to help you go to somebody and say, hey, what do you have right now? Mm -hmm. What are these pieces? What is that piece? How are you doing this? How are you doing that? What are you not doing? What would you like to be doing? And then to say, you know what? Um, I think we could get somebody that could actually do all of this for you. Would, yeah. would, would that work for yeah. you? Would you like that if we right. could bring all this stuff together? You said you, you hate how it's in five different places. You wish you had this. You wish you didn't have to do that. What if I could bring somebody in that could bring all that together for that? Mm. To me, that's that was that's sales gold. You know, mm -hmm. like if you if you've done your work and your diligence and had your consultative conversations and understand yep. their current pain points, and you can bring in one solution provider, mm -hmm. or or you can be that solution provider because you have this partnership, and you can and you can bring it all together. That single pane of glass. You're right. It's a, a great uh, little little catchphrase there. I think uh, I think this is a, a perfect way to to describe that. Uh, we kind of already basically covered our value to the VAR, I think, here in this section, because this was kind of what I was saying is the idea of well, like, how do you get to those well, opportunities? What do you have to add there, Kevin? Yeah. Well, I will say there, there's there's a little bit more on the value to the VAR, right? Uh, remember that th these are these are these are solutions that are really good margin solutions that they're recurring revenue solutions. Yeah, even small to medium sized hospital systems can, can get to multi million dollar contracts pretty quickly. Um, we're seeing huge land and expand opportunities. Most organizations uh, start with one use case. And once they start using our platform, they, also, they start thinking of use case number two, use case number three, use case number four. And so these contracts, these recurring revenue contracts just grow and grow and grow. So it's a really huge Nice margin, great recurring revenue opportunity for resellers. Love it. Bingo. Love it. If you have a relationship at all, that's right. kind of the, right. the, the gold right there, right? Then, then you need to start bringing in the V1 people uh, as well. And if you're, if you're worried about some of the typical technical issues like uh, connecting to an EMR or EHR, Kevin, maybe speak a little bit about this. I mean, the, the, the platform seamlessly implements into, into most facilities, right? So there's there's really yep. not a lot of technical challenge here. It's just a, yep. it's a sales and marketing function to try to uh, to expose the opportunity and figure out the, the right solution, right? Yeah, yeah. We're we're natively connected into Cerner and Epic, 
Uh, we're in their environments. We have native applications in both. Um, we've integrated with other EMRs as well. I mean, EMR integration, you know, maybe 10 years ago used to be, used to be, oh, that's, that's going to be hard. It's not anymore. I mean, it really isn't. What, what, what it really is about is understanding what workflow the clinicians want. Um, where they want, where do they want to do their documentation? Do they want to do their documentation straight into the EMR? Some do. Do they want to do the documentation in the B1 platform so they don't have to another, have another application open? That's fine too. All of it's going to end up in the patient record in the EMR. Good Love stuff. It. Yeah, no doubt. And I will say also, uh, if you're looking for a way to kind of help you push this conversation along, or at least get somebody thinking about it, maybe mm -hmm. that you can't have the in-depth conversation you'd like, I will drop a link in the show notes to that ebook that we worked on. Oh together. yeah, yeah. Highly recommend. Good stuff in there. Good it, stats. It there's, you know, there's great statistics. It yep. covers the topic really well. We had some really good feedback on it when we when we ran this campaign. Lots of people were interested in the ebook. So mm -hmm. uh, check out the link in the show notes. Send it to any of your customers that you think might be interested. Is Mm -hmm. A good way to start this conversation with us when they have them check that out and maybe give you some feedback on what they saw in there. So, yep. all right. Well, hey, before we wrap up with what's Tech Connecting with you, I want to, as always, thank our Tech Connect program sponsors, our Tech Connect members. Uh, you help make the podcast possible. Absolutely. We appreciate your help. Big thanks to Zebra because I know they introduced us to V1 yes. and uh, helped us out with that campaign. We we appreciate them uh, bringing you to us and. Um, and Being a longtime sponsor. Exactly, yes. a longtime sponsor, having helping us get Kevin on the show today. Yep. Uh, as always, if you like our program, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like button yeah, for this episode. Give us a little rating. You know. Give us a rating. Drop mm -hmm. us a comment. We want to know what you think about it. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on this or any other great content we're always throwing up there. If you're listening to us on an audio platform like you know Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever, if you have the opportunity to leave a rating or review, please do that also. That's mm -hmm. how we know what you think of the show. We get your feedback. It also helps other people discover the show and just decide yeah. if they want to take a listen. But what if they got an idea? Okay, well, if you got an idea for the show, if you have a topic you want to hear more about, maybe you're thinking, hey, bring Kevin back on. I want to talk more mm -hmm. about XYZ. RPM. RPM. There you go. <laughs> Uh, then you can you can let us know that too. There's always a link in the show notes to drop us a topic submission. You can tell us what you want to hear about on the show, if there's a certain guest you'd like us to try to find, if there's a certain industry you want us to dive into more. If you have a tech connecting you want to share with us, Share it with us there uh, just for just for doing it, just for sending us a submission, even whether we use it or not, we will send you a Tech Connect podcast T-shirt. There you go. What I more mean, could you want? It's the, no work, no, no work, real work, no real work. A yeah. few moments, a little of bit your of thinking, a little bit of typing, yeah, exactly. Boom. And you get a free T-shirt. Sure, who, comes in the who mail. Who doesn't want to do that? That you would definitely wear. Exactly, hundred percent. It's a very yeah. comfy, nice T-shirt. You're gonna want this one. So go, go to the show notes, check out the link. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, sometimes I have a link that goes to a different page with all the notes, that you can see all the the hyperlinks there. So definitely mm -hmm. check this stuff out. There's good stuff there that you can use. Not only for your work, but also if you want to stay in touch with us. And of course, as always, you can find us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us, techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap things up here with yes. our fun segment. What's tech connecting with you? Yes. Uh, this is where we get to talk about something in the world of science, tech, business, innovation, the yeah, news. Right. Just something that's got our attention we feel like talking about right now. Fair enough. Kevin, I'll let you kick off. What's tech connecting with you right now? A couple couple things are really interesting. So there's been uh, some major developments and uh, continue to be major developments around bio stickers. I don't know if you've ever heard of bio stickers. Tell us more. Uh, but these are little patches that patients can put on their bodies, right? And it does continuous monitoring of any number of different uh, physiological measures, right? 
Um, so we've talked earlier about remote patient monitoring and having to use devices and figuring out how to use Bluetooth devices, all that kind of stuff. Well, this kind of eliminates all that. These are small little Bluetooth devices and they're worn for up to a month. Some are worn up to two months. You shower with them, you know, bathe with them, you know, it, it, they're on your body and they're continually monitoring. So those are pretty cool stuff. Nice. Yes. But Love it. The other thing that's kind of interesting is uh, the use of autonomous robots in healthcare, right? And so we're, we're actually developing a solution right now that's taking advantage of an autonomous robot. So imagine if I'm a remote provider um, and I want to check in on a patient in a given room. And let's say this this care provider, they, they didn't outfit their rooms for telemedicine. So, you know, a lot of people haven't, but even though that's happening, you can actually you know, uh, 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 beam into this robot, tell them, robot, go to room 304, bed, whatever, bed number two and go and it'll go once the robot's there it'll it'll check its signal with the patient and then, then it'll beam back to the doctor and join the doctor in and they can do a consult and when it's done the patient uh, the robot goes back into its docking station and is charging up for the next next task brilliant so pretty cool stuff that is pretty Love cool it. stuff i i know exactly kind of what you're talking about because we used to have one of those little it was called a double robot and it was just an ipad right on right, some wheels right. basically yeah. but you could drive it around yeah you know but it was somebody driving around i love this idea or you know where the specialist that remote specialist can just dial in oh yep. no i gotta i want to go i want to see quote unquote right that patient that whatever that's really cool i like that yeah and and the first one that you had with the, with the patch, well, that thwarts the whole thing that I was talking about. The, you know, the compliance. You just you just slap a sticker on there them before they leave, and yep. you know now you're remote monitoring. Say, leave this them, alone, yeah. Whether they know it or not. I want one of those buyer stickers that when I get, you know, when I decide to get McDonald's for lunch instead of something healthier, you know, yes. like tells me like, uh -uh, no, just something. yeah, exactly. Just, <laughs> Just a gentle little nudge, you know, like maybe gives me a little bit of heartburn. It's like, no, don't do this. Yeah. You're going to regret this. Yeah. 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 You'd be okay with that. <laughs> uh, no, probably not. I'd probably rip it off within a day, let alone, let alone a month when it tells me everything I'm doing is wrong. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, Dean, go for it. I got two. I got two of them here. The okay. first one's very, very quick. China plans. I, I got to talk about China. You, it seems man, like you almost always have every the day. China news. China plans cloud seeding to protect grain crop from drought. China says it will try to protect its grain harvest from a record-setting drought, okay, by using chemicals to generate rain. Okay. D does that feel right? We're going to use chemicals to generate rain? I don't know. I'm just going to let that sit there. You know, I mean... Yeah, usually chemicals and plants don't go well together. Yeah, but, so they you know. were talking about things that they would spray on the plants that would absorb moisture. And I'm thinking oh. to myself, I don't know. I don't know that I'm... This technology I guess it depends on the chemical, little, but yeah, okay, I don't know. That just the the phrasing, like they need to use different words than chemicals. Maybe then, yeah, to maybe. form rain. I mean, I can. Just, I'm just imagining people running around throwing chemicals up in the air, <laughs> trying to make it rain, and it's like <laughs> having an, a far worse environmental impact. Do you think really China cares? I don't think so. Bio, anyway, what about bioengineered droplets or something like that? I don't much know. better, yeah. much better. So you must means be in marketing. Means the same exact thing, but <laughs> just sounds right. better. Then in San Francisco. Around restaurant is run entirely by robots. Now, you know, I know that you've seen some restaurants where there's some robotics. Right, well, right. no, this is called Mesli. It looks like kind of a shipping container, really nice shipping container, but about that size, right. think about that size, painted, beautiful, you know, California look to it, if you will. Uh, but everything in it is completely robotic. There is no human around. So you walk up, it's a kiosk, as you can imagine, right, but right. it's very Jetsons after that. Little tray pops down, 
down, dump some, you know, what would you order? Rice, boom, right, and right. boom, boom, boom. There's no humans. There's no nothing. Everything is completely robotic. So they're billing it as Who being Who do you complain to if first, you don't like something? Yeah, nobody. There's nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure that's, so, that's, the, that's the idea. And Mesley is basically a big refrigerated box with a bunch of machines inside <laughs> of it. No humans required. There but was, the, they're launching it, and we'll see. I don't know. But, you know, here's another. Oh, of course it is. It's like three students from, where are they from? Oh, or MIT or Yeah, it's, or no, something. it's like Stanford. Or Stanford. Three yeah, Stanford students who are sitting around at a bar one day, yep. and they figured that they would figure, you know, whatever. Figure this right, out, right? And so that is. So Mesley, if you see a Mesley around, it's just a big refrigerated box that's completely, completely automated. There you go. There was no a humans. there was an episode of the like the rebooted X Files from a couple of years back that featured a autonomous restaurant. Oh, like well, there that. you go. I guess it was probably just an idea that maybe they saw that. Maybe they were yeah. like, all right, that's cool. We can well, maybe that. we're getting back to your better, closer to your Star Trek world. What are you talking about? There Isn't it on go. Star Trek where they walk up and then boop? Oh just, yeah, they have like the the yeah, 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 that you know, thing. Yeah. Yeah, they just, you know, just create something for Makes them. a chicken yeah. wing out of nothing. Yeah, I want a chicken wing with, you know, barbecue sauce and yeah. buffalo sauce okay. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, so we're getting a little closer to that. Maybe. With Mesley. Yeah. So what's tech connecting with you? All right. Uh, so uh, you've heard of uh, Janet Jackson, of course. Of course. You've heard of her song, her famous 1989 song, Rhythm Nation. Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, did you know that that song apparently can wreck a hard drive? N- what? No. <laughs> So this is something I randomly heard about. A hard drive. drive. I randomly heard about this on a podcast recently that apparently uh, Microsoft is sending out some warnings about a vulnerability for one of their widely used 5400 RPM laptop hard drives sold around 2005. Okay. So it's a spin disk. It's not you know unlike the the modern um, solid state. Solid state. Yeah. Exactly. It's it was a spinning one, so you know a little bit older model, but still in use potentially in some places. Somebody might still have some of these older devices. Well, apparently. If you are just by, it says just by playing Rhythm Nation on or near a vulnerable laptop, the disc can crash and take its laptop down with it. What? The flaw, which has its own CV vulnerability tracking number, is due to the fact that Rhythm Nation inadvertently produces one of the natural resonant frequencies created by the movement in the hard drive. (laughs) Oh, I see. So it's like, it's it's an acoustical cancellation, if you will. But how no nuts is that? No way. That like, is nuts. I want to know. I want to be the person who figured that out. I want to know who was like no. just jamming, <laughs> jamming to 1989's <laughs> Rhythm Nation. And the hard drive crashes. Near their 2005-esque Microsoft They computer. replicate the whole situation. Yeah. And it keeps crashing. And they're figured, like, I bet you it's Janet Jackson. It yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who knew? I mean, how knew many? Janet was ahead of her time. Who we we didn't know oh. she was like 15, 20 years ahead of her time. Obviously. Oh, see now, wait a minute. Is there some conspiracy here? Is know. there some government thing going on here <laughs> where like Russian or the Chinese are trying to uh, wreck our computers by <laughs> bringing back Janet Jackson? Maybe that's the next thing. Maybe people are going to figure out how like certain songs can you know can wipe certain things or something. We'll, we'll reset us all back to zero just because I don't know. We play. <laughs> Play Coldplay too loud some one day or something. Kevin, have you been playing Janet Jackson uh, Rhythm <laughs> no. Nation a little loud at all? I have not. Oh, okay. No. So, so, so you're good. Your computers are good then. I, I'm pretty sure are good. Yeah. 
Now, granted, <laughs> I, it was a pretty slamming album. I do remember that being a great album. Oh, you know, like I feel so like I need to revisit it, but I got to be careful. You know, be very careful. I don't think Only I have any 2005 state. devices around anymore. So <laughs> I think I got a spinning hard drive at home. For do you? Sure. All right. Again, you should try this out just to see. If, I think I'm just see what for, happens. Yeah, just for, for the fun of it. For fun of it. Yeah. Why exactly. not? I'm doing it. Yep. We're doing it. Uh, <laughs> All good right. Stuff. That does it for us today. That's what's tech connecting with us. Kevin Leal from V1. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, John. Thanks, Dean. Hey, until next time, uh, stick a bio sticker on. Um, yes. Listen to some Janet Jackson. Yes. Again, just be careful about your, your computers nearby. Yeah. And, uh, and as always, folks, please stay connected. TechMech Podcast is brought to you by Eero. Enhance patient care everywhere that it matters. Elo offers touchscreen product solutions for a variety of healthcare applications, ranging from nurse stations and patient education to patient check-in and pharmacy check-out. Streamline healthcare administration and enhance the patient experience with Elo's versatile solutions. So obviously, if you're looking to build a continuum of care, touchscreen technology is pretty vital to that. You would think so, right? You know, yeah. That's what people are comfortable with, familiar with. Absolutely. Interactivity mm-hmm. in that continuum is always a good thing. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So Eler's healthcare solutions include the M50 Android mobile computer, O3 series medical grade monitors, large format signage, all-in-one touch computers, and much more. To learn more, visit Elo's microsite on bluestarinc.com or contact your Bluestar account manager. The TechNet Podcast is brought to you by Zebra. Tough is easy. Tailored is critical. Oh, very nice. I like that. I do. When your customers are out to set a higher standard, they need a tablet that's not only rugged, but also smart and tailored to their way of working. One that doesn't force them to adjust their processes or goals to accommodate the limits of its own abilities. For Zebra, toughness isn't the end game. It's just the starting point. Ooh. Uh, Table stakes for a purpose that is far-reaching, high-achieving, and uniquely defined by them. Is this an ad or an inspirational speech for a sports I, I, I'm team? a little inspired here right now. Yes, this is awesome. Like, let's go, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I guess we've been reading that in an entirely different voice. It's you know? your ruggedized tablet, yes. Yeah. Tough as easy, tailored as critical. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to help your customers power their job performance. Zebra, you can use that if you want. And career aspirations to their highest level with a purpose-built Zebra tablet that's perfectly matched and personally customized to work their way. To learn more, review Zebra's rugged tablet portfolio, including the ET series, which are perfect for healthcare, and use their selector tool by checking out the link in the show notes. <laughs>